na 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 ah shut up <laughs> hi jacob it's been a fucking while it really has raz it really has and i'm very sorry that we haven't had a chance to do this before now we're doing it now and that's all that matters and oh boy i'm pissed i am pissed jacob i had a feeling you might be I saw Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker the other day, and oh, uh, just why? That's, that is my <laughs> question. Just why? Now, I am aware that you haven't seen the movie. Haven't had a chance yet. I'm hopefully yeah. going to go next week. So I'm going to try to dance around the plot as much as possible while still giving a decent review slash thoughts on the movie. Absolutely. And apart from that, we'll also be talking about The Mandalorian, which is on episode 7 at the moment, and there's one more episode to go. One more episode for season 1. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that comes out on Boxing Day. Day after Boxing Day, I think. We'll also be talking about the Darth Vader comics, in case you aren't aware, this is a very Star Wars-themed episode, because a lot of Star Wars is happening. And to top it off, we'll be talking about the Witcher series, which premiered on Netflix a couple of days ago, and we're both on the last episode. Yeah. So that will be episode 16. This is episode Mm. 16, I should say. It has been a while, but it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Right. Let's get into it. Before I start talking about episode 9, what are your thoughts... Like someone who hasn't seen the movie but has heard about the controversy around it. Like, what are your thoughts about it? I'm still excited to go and see it, but not as excited as I had been had I not heard all the criticisms and all the problems everyone's had with it. I know some friends that have gone to see it two or three times so far, and they're absolutely fine with it, and they love it. Because they didn't go in with any expectations. And then I've got people that went and saw it once and absolutely despised the movie. So I'm interested to see where I'm going to fall on this spectrum. I think you know where I fall into that category. Yeah, yeah. I think I have an idea where you might fall. Well, I only saw the movie once and I went to see it with my flatmate. We were both excited. We sat down. The movie started. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. The problems begin with the opening crawl. <laughs> they give out a plot twist in the opening crawl. You're not even gonna beat around the bush. It's this is actually what's happening. The text scroll is giving away an important plot twist. Alrighty, cool. Oh, fun. So that was the first red flag. The movie ended. And me and my flatmate turned to each other and we're like, what the fuck did we just watch? Oh, no. Suffice to say, I did not like this movie. I don't think it's the worst of the sequel trilogy. That honor still goes to The Last Jedi. But this is not that much better. This is not that much better. I'm going to give my score right now. This is a 4 out of 10 for me. Ouch. This, This is shit. Not irredeemable shit. Because there are good parts in it. There are some really good parts in it, some decent parts in it. But the cons way outweigh the pros in in this case. You know how a lot of people had problems with the way Ryan Johnson took the Star Wars franchise in The Last Jedi, right? Yeah. Well, 
the first 30 minutes of episode 9 is an alternate take on episode 8. They pretty much retell the entirety of episode 8 in a new setting in episode 9, and then the actual plot of episode 9 begins. Interesting. The, yeah, that's the, a very interesting way to do it. The entire movie wants you to forget that The Last Jedi ever happened. So it is canon, but this is what we actually want you to see as the quote-unquote canon version of the sequel trilogy. This is what should have happened before Disney let Ryan Johnson do his thing, and then they brought J.J. Abrams back to try to fix it the way Disney wanted it done, which I'm not sure even Disney knows what they wanted to do with Star Wars. Interesting. There are some interesting plot points. From the uh, trailers and the news, you know that Palpatine comes back. Yeah. That's not really a spoiler. Um, No. They don't really explain how he's back. He's just back. I mean, he gives a throwaway line to explain how he's back, and it's not even an explanation. It's a callback to Revenge of the Sith, where he says the dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities, some considered to be unnatural. So that's his explanation as to how he survived the explosion of the Death Star in space. That is pretty much the Star Wars equivalent of, oh, well, God works in mysterious ways. Like, he He's just back. He's like, yeah, um, I'm back. Uh, I am back. The dark side is strong with me, so therefore I survived, and now I'm going to take over the galaxy. Right. He says that everything was his plan all along. He planned everything, so uh, now he's gonna have... He has this plan. I'm not gonna say what it is, but just be assured it's fucking stupid. (laughs) He has this plan to take over the galaxy again. And it's not a Death Star, but it might as well be one. I'm not gonna spoil what it is. I'm just gonna say it's a different shape. It's not a... Oh, wow. It's not a sphere. It's something else. But it still destroys planets. Giant triangle. (laughs) You have no idea how right you are. Good lord. (laughs) (laughs) They sold us the Death Star for the fourth fucking time. Why did they go and do that? Because Disney doesn't have a clear vision of what they want to do. They just know they want to make money. Thankfully, the new Death Star thing is not the main focus of the movie. It's not the big focus like it is in The Force Awakens with Starkiller Base. It's something to get all the heroes to fight the big bad at the end. Yeah. In this movie, Rey is the most Mary Sue-ish she's ever been. In the opening shot where she does her force training, like she's training with something and she does something while in the training and you're just thinking like, she's doing this with so little effort where it took Luke and Anakin years to be able to do far less and she's able to do this with no effort because she's Rey. I was thinking that the prophecy of the chosen one of the force, the one who brings balance, is actually Rey. I thought that's how they would tie the whole Skywalker saga. Anakin was the one who was created by the Force. He wasn't the one to bring balance. And then Luke would have another kid at some point or something, and that would be Rey in some way. And and I thought Rey would be, okay, Rey is clearly the one, the chosen one of the Force. That would explain why she's so in tune with the Force and is able to do all of these things, because it's her destiny to be one with the Force, right? But it turns out it's something completely different. 
It's something oh. complete. It's something completely different. And when it is revealed who she actually is, like I thought that might be the case. Like I thought it's either gonna be she's the chosen one of the force, or it's gonna be this other thing. And it turned out it was the other thing. It's like okay, that kind of makes sense as to why she's able to do all of these things, but it's still a cop out. Yeah, I'm not sure if you have your own theories as to who she is. I had a couple. One of them being that she was going to be the the chosen one, and she was going to be uh, Luke's child somehow, uh, and she was going to be she was going to be the chosen one to bring balance to the Force and stuff. Another yeah. one was that she was Leia's child. She has secretly had another child or something. I don't know if that's going to play out. I'm, I really need to see this movie. The title of the movie is a bit of a red herring. I'm I'm, I'm just going to say that. Ray is something completely different. Like it's got mm. nothing to do with the prophecy. Yeah. It's it's something else entire. Like if you think about it long enough, you can probably deduce who she is from the Last Jedi. Luke gives a line when it is revealed who she is. It makes a lot of sense. I need to see the movie. I need yeah. to see it in the context of the movie. It's pretty obvious once you actually see. But anyway, Ray, Finn, and Poe are much better in this movie as a trio of friends and as uh, people who are fighting to save the galaxy. Yeah. Finn, not so much. Finn has nothing to do in the movie apart from Scream. He uh, screams when they're attacked. He screams when he's fighting. He just screams a lot. I know some people like that. Yeah. <laughs> You know how in The Last Jedi, there was that subplot with Finn and Rose, how Rose had like feelings for Finn, like she fell in love with him and she saved his life in The Last Jedi? Yeah. Know that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that entire subplot is gone now. Yeah. Like she's barely in the movie. Like they don't even acknowledge that. So did you just tap and gap? Like did it not work out like or just because they don't even interact like they have a few lines together and then she's gone for like 90 percent of the movie it's like jj abrams came in and said nah this is stupid and we're not gonna talk about it they also like try to address the fact that finn has feelings for ray but that doesn't go anywhere it comes up once and then it never gets brought up again yeah, I didn't think that would get explored at all. I was kind of more hoping a relationship would develop between Poe and Finn, but that wouldn't uh, They actually have a lot of chemistry, Finn yeah. and Poe. Like, you can believe that they're friends, all of them, because they bicker like an old married couple. <laughs> uh, they, 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 like, it's very natural. The way their friendship has evolved throughout the um, trilogy is spot on. Try to give Poe more of a backstory by giving him a shady past, but that's not explored fully. I would have loved to see more, more of a movie about Poe because he's an interesting character. But and they try to rectify the mistake of the Last Jedi again, where he was barely in the movie. Yeah, with giving him a lot more to do here. What it made me want is more Poe. Yeah. So. The main trio is good. It's fine. Apart from Ray being a Mary Sue, it's fine. They bring back Luke as a Force ghost, but everyone was expecting that to happen. Luke would have to make an appearance as, as a Force ghost. They did not bring back Yoda, which I was, I was quite sad about. And there's one more cameo, which I'm not going to spoil. But it's actually pretty interesting. I didn't think they would actually get this person back. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to let you 
think about who that person mm. is, but it's actually quite interesting. Like, I actually did not expect this to happen. Interesting. And there are a lot more voice cameos. So not like full appearances, but they're like voices from the entire Skywalker saga at some point. And I'm actually surprised they managed to get every single actor from, well, not every single, but like every major actor from the entire saga to record lines for one specific thing. Very cool. Palpatine as a villain is as great as ever, apart from him not being explained well how he's back. But, you know, he's still, he still loves being evil. Yeah. Lando comes back. What's the actor's name? Billy D. Williams, who plays Lando. So? Yeah. Like, because he's 80 years old at this point, so I would have thought he'd be like, oh, I fought in the Battle of Endor. But no, no, he comes back and it's like all fanfare and be like, hey, hey kids, guess who's back? Where's that? You know? He's not in the movie long, but he commands the screen when he's there. I'm not really sure what else to say. Biggest reveal is who Ray is and then what happens with Kylo Ren. And But yeah. those are two big spoilers. So until you see the movie... And we, on another episode, we have like a spoiler talk about it. There's not much we can actually do. Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to have to have a proper spoiler discussion in the next episode to uh, really go I'll go in depth into how this all works. I hope that you actually enjoy the movie. But as I said, for me, it didn't wrap up things as well as I could have liked. The Skywalker saga for me didn't end with fanfare. It ended much of, pretty much on a whimper. Yeah. Disney just didn't know where to take the franchise and that's just the simple truth of it but anyway let's talk about something else star wars the mandalorian absolutely now i'm gonna let you take the reins on this one what are your thoughts on it i am absolutely loving this series so far i'm very interested to see where they take this final episode of the season especially after the heart-wrenching twists and turns of that last episode With the way that the bar was shot up, I thought that was the other Mandalorians coming back to save the day and surprise our main character, Mando, who we still don't really have a name for or know who he is other than another Mandalorian. And then with it being the Death Troopers, I was very, not confused, but surprised that that was how that went down. But also seeing uh, Moff Hermanos, as I've affectionately named him, yeah. Um, the 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 new moth in the system that is played by the same guy from Breaking Bad and many other shows, uh, Revolution and shit. I can't remember anything else he's been in off the top of my head. He's a fantastic actor and he he commands an aura of oh shit. He's definitely the bad guy. Like you feel yeah, that yeah. when you see him on screen, and this is no less than that. He is quite a terrifying evil man, and I feel he is going to turn this whole series into a lot darker and more developed than it is yeah um because there hasn't been a sort of central bad guy so far it's been various bad guys and we've been learning how the mandalorian deals with these situations and he's been learning how to deal with these situations as well yeah because it's pretty out of his realm of comfort he doesn't know what he's doing yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty interesting it's a, to see his progression through the series. It's a very Western, kind of like space Western, via the man with the man with no name, kind of Clint Eastwood character and setting. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're, they're definitely playing on that uh, space western theme, and I'm not mad at that at all. It's it's very fun. Yeah, um, it, for the mo- for the for the majority of the of the series, it's very much a villain of the week or like an adventure of the week. Uh, yeah. f- the first three episodes set up the story, the characters, and the world, yep. and the next three are pretty much expanding the universe of the Mandalorian within mm. the confines of the Star Wars universe. And now with episode seven, we're getting into the season finale of the first season. Yeah. And it brings back plot points from the start of the season into this and explores Baby Yoda, even though that's not the name of the character. It's the mm. name of the character is just the child. Yeah. I think some episodes were a bit of a dud, especially episode five. I thought that was boring and the show could have done away with it. Episode four and six were fucking amazing. The battle at that um, primitive village. The, the very seven samurai feeling. Yeah, yeah. Seven samurai and with the, an AT-AT. Yeah, and the uh, prison break episode with Bill Burr. That with was Bill Burr and the voice yeah. of Mr. Krabs. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was fucking that was fantastic. Phenomenal episode. Uh, that's probably my favorite episode of the entire series. Like, I'm gonna have to watch the the last episode, but I don't think it's gonna top that one. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be very, very hard. This is my favorite Star Wars thing in a while. The movies, the new sequel trilogy, the movies are passable. I don't hate any of them, even The Last Jedi or Rise of Rise of Skywalker. They're decent. Having something different in the Star Wars universe, like I said, a Western is a very welcomed breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah. Like, people gripe on Star Wars because it's not what it used to be, but I do think Star Wars as a franchise is the perfect franchise because it can be a lot of things. It can be a gritty war film. It can be a space opera. It can be a Western. It can be, you know, a fun kids show. It can be anything. So it's very versatile in what can be produced with the license. Yeah, yeah. And that's not just stuck to the medium of film and TV. I want to talk about some comics as well. Yes. Yes. I want to talk about the Darth Vader comics. I'm not sure if you've ever read them or, like, know of them. I know of them, but I haven't had a chance to read them yet. Right, so I get to instruct you on some... Yeah. On uh, the knowledge of the dark side. Anyway, the Darth Vader comics are canon comics, which pretty much take place from the end of Episode 3 and run parallel with Episode 4 and end just before Episode 5 starts. Yeah. It basically follows the exploits of Darth Vader after he gets his legs and um, arm cut off by Obi-Wan and gets put in the suit and uh, finds out that Padme died. In the comics, that scene is expanded upon. After he finds out that she's dead and he gives that uh, cringy no thing, he turns on Palpatine. Instead of just accepting that she's dead, he actually turns his anger on the Emperor and slams him against the wall with the Force and, like, wants to kill him. Like, it, which that is a much more, a much more believable response because in his mind, the Emperor lied to him about yeah. being able to save Pammy. And the, but then obviously the Emperor overpowers him and just feeds him more lies how it was actually his fault and says that if he ever turns the force on him again he will finish what obi-wan started 
And from then on, it goes on to show how the Republic gets turned into the uh, the Empire, how a full um, campaign goes out through the entire galaxy to besmirch the name of the Jedi, that they had to be killed for the sake of peace. And it shows how Darth Vader created his new lightsaber. It, mm. it adds to the lore. A Sith lightsaber is not created. It is stolen from a Jedi and then corrupted. And it can only be stolen from a Jedi through battle. There's still Jedi who are alive in the galaxy who have escaped Order 66. Yeah. So Darth Vader is going on a mission throughout the galaxy to find a Jedi general and take his lightsaber and then corrupt it. I am very into that. There's also um, parts of him dealing with Boba Fett. Boba Fett is the one who informs him that there is a member of the rebels who is able to use the force. And Darth Vader is like, tell me the name of this rebel. And the comic ends with Boba Fett turning to Darth Vader and just saying, Skywalker. The series ends with Darth Vader building his castle on Mustafar. There's this great sequence where the Emperor hires an architect to build Darth Vader's castle. And they fly to Mustafar to give the architect an idea of the kind of design that Vader wants for his castle. He takes Padme's ship, you know, the pristine white one, and then flies through the atmosphere without the uh, shields on. So the whole ship gets burnt. And by the time they land, the entire ship is like blackened and like crusted. And Vader turns to the architect and be like, that's the design I want for my castle. Edgy. That's that's pretty grim. The comic series ends with Darth Vader attempting to open a time portal using the Force, because the Force can do that for some reason, to bring Padme back to life using the knowledge of a dead Sith Lord. I can't remember his name, but it was just a ploy of the Sith Lord. Palpatine has a Sith relic which is a helmet from the dead Sith Lord. And uh, Vader uses that to bring the ghost of the Sith Lord back, and he tells him secrets of how to use the Force to open a time portal. But that was just a ploy from the Sith Lord to open the portal for him to come back from the past, and his past and present, like the living and the ghost, form into one, and him and Darth Vader have a duel, ends with Darth Vader winning. In his dying breath, the other Sith looks into Darth Vader's future and just lets out a laugh and says, don't trust Palpatine. And that's how the comic series ends. Interesting. Yeah, it's, do you, it's do you a, know who they got to do the art for that series? Uh, I can't remember. I'll, it's, but, I'll uh, have to look into that. And this is all canon. They're very good comics. Very interesting. Kieran Gillen wrote it. Roca and Delgado drew by the looks of it. I'm definitely going to have to have a look into this. And uh, that's the end of the Star Wars talk. And like we said, there's a bit more of this episode because the Witcher series premiered on Netflix the other night and we both watched until the um, final episode. Like, we need to watch the last episode. I'm almost impatient to finish this episode so that I can go and watch the final episode of The Witcher. That's how much I'm enjoying the show. And that, that's not saying I'm not having fun recording this, but I want to know what happens, man. Yeah, same. I'm going to be <laughs> I'm going to be uh, watching it as soon as we stop recording. Yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the series? 
I'm really enjoying the series. I'm having a like because I haven't read the books. I'm having a little bit of issue with like knowing when the timelines of everything is. But as I'm watching more, it's making a lot more sense. The stuff with Sintra and the invasion of Nilfgaard, that doesn't happen until the first proper novel. Yeah. Everything else in this season is from the first book, The Last Wish. Parts of the first episode takes place in the present, and then everything else takes place in the past. So yeah. everything to do with Sintra in that battle is the present. I know it can be very confusing for some people. It was confusing me too. Yeah. I very much like what they've done with the series though. It's feeling nice and balanced. It's got really, really good pacing. It doesn't feel like the episodes are dragging on. It doesn't feel like they're too rushed either. There's certain things where I'd like to see a little bit more go on, but... It's more like small moments that I'd like to see carried on. And the fight choreography is fucking incredible. That final fight scene in the first episode is phenomenal. Yeah. And watching him progress as the series has gone on has been quite interesting. And I definitely think that Henry Cavill is the best person for this role that I can think of. I don't know. I was thinking maybe Mads Mikkelsen for the role. I think he would have made a great Geralt. He would have made a pretty good Geralt, which I find it kind of funny that his brother's actually in the show. Yeah. The actor who plays Yaskier slash Dandelion, because he doesn't get his name Dandelion until the first or the second novel, I can't remember. But he is definitely annoying enough to be Dandelion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, he is so annoying and he's pissing me off. He is perfect. Yeah, he wound me up a couple of times. The actress who plays Yennefer, she looks a bit young to be Yennefer. And by the time her and Geralt met, she was well, like, into her 30s. Well, 30s yeah. as a sorceress, which they don't really age that much. She... And I think they kind of tried to play on that and make her seem a lot younger. And, like, they've kept it so that the witches and the sorceresses and the wizards don't age at all, it seems. Because, like, they're like, oh, yep, she went there for decades down yeah, to like... Adrian, whatever it was. I can't remember the name of the place. Aratuza. Was it Aratuza that she went to? Yeah. They, they sent her court for a certain amount of time, and it was later revealed that that was decades, and she did absolutely nothing with her time. Yeah, which... because um, by the time of the first Witcher game, which takes place after the novels, Geralt is already way past 100. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Yennefer by that point is at least 150. Yeah. Yeah, so they don't really age. I mean, they do age, just the process incredibly slowed down. Yeah, yeah. I am a big fan of how this series has progressed. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the final episode. And then I want the second season now already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been out three days and I'm already like itching for the second season. And I haven't even finished the first one. It's proving to be a very good adaptation of the books. Yeah. Uh, but... That's the entirety of the episode, Jacob. Episode 16. It is recorded, and it shall be edited after a bit of an intermission. <laughs> a little bit, little bit. Life managed to find a way to uh, slow things down. As it always does, as it always does. As it always does. And hopefully we shall have episode 17 out soon. Very, very soon. And I'd just like to say thank you for your patience with us, having yes. a bit of a delay between episodes, and for your continued support and listening to all our episodes. It means the world to both of us, I know. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us 
talking shit for 16 episodes straight. Uh, I was trying to word it nicer than that, but yeah, we, yeah. Until next time, as always, I shall say adieu. And I shall, as always, say, Hail Satan.